But uh, Luke chapter 2, I love the Christmas story because it's kind of a comeback to something. And, you know, in, in, in this season, in 2020, and I know many of us are exhausted talking about 2020, and we would rather be just done with 2020. Is anyone just done with 2020? <laughs> I'm thankful for it, but I'm not. Um, I'm not like digging it. I'm ready to be done with it. But uh, hey, I'm thankful for it nonetheless. Um, trying to get my Evernote to open there. Nope, nope, there it is. There it is. Almost there it is. Um, and I, I love I love tradition. I love coming back to things. And um, because tradition, what it does is it, it it reminds you of things that otherwise in your humanity it's easy to forget. And I think in a year like 2020 that is so disruptive, I think it's important to come back to things that bring us back down to earth. You you ever been away from home for a while or you've been in a weird season and what you wanted was something that reminded you of your childhood, anybody? Um, What reminds me of my childhood is Ben and Eddie and uh, Ben and Eddie's first Christmas. And if you know, you know. And I'm sorry. And if you don't know, well, you're about to know. Now, a little bit of a preface before we show this video. Ben and Eddie, stop. (laughs) Ben and Eddie are really best friends. But they weren't always best friends. Eddie was a homeless puppet dog. (laughs) And he was rummaging through Ben's um, uh, bushes for garbage. Uh, He was hungry. And, and Ben took him in and became really a father figure and they eventually became best friends. And this is an excerpt, a piece of their first Christmas together. And I hope that it brings you as much heartfelt, deep joy and peace and just the Lord's presence as it does for me. So this is Ben and Eddie's first Christmas. Excuse me, excuse me. I have a little birthday present for Jesus that I'd like to share with you all. Like a modern day wise man, would you follow the light? 
I needed that to just feel like we were back in some level of tradition. I think I'm, I'm not going to sing anymore, I promise. Um, but uh, I actually grew up on this cartoon. I actually have the VHS in my office today. I grew up on this. I love it. And you know one of the questions, though, that I remember, and it was embedded into my my. Mind. How many of you have never seen that before and today was the first time you were blessed with it? You're welcome. I'll be sure to share it with you on social. And, uh, but actually, in all honesty, this concept was embedded into my heart and my mind from probably the age, I don't remember not knowing this. I don't remember not watching it around Christmas every year with my family. Now, I grew up in a home that was, that was tortured by terrible Christian television. But nonetheless, I, I was remem- always remembering and reminded of this concept. Is your heart a manger? Is there any room for him? I've asked this question, I think, every year as a youth pastor. That is your heart not clean, not dirty, not perfect, not big, not small, but is it the place... No matter how messy or perfect that it might seem, is it a place where the presence of God can reside? Where God can actually birth something in your life? See, the question of our lives as a whole is never like, are you good enough for God? Do you have the skills and the right things to earn God's belief in you? Or can you do the right things that put you in the right place so that God will love you? No, 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 no. That is not the question. Really, the question of your entire life really is this. Is there room in your life that God might be able to birth something in it? Because just like our lives need space that is set apart for God, it's just like this manger, this hole in the side of a hill that was likely dirty and stinky and not created for a birth, yet there was enough space set apart to where the Savior of the universe, of all of mankind, past, present, and future, could be birthed in such a dirty place. And it makes me wonder, is yours and my heart a manger? Is there room for Jesus to do something? 
I'm not sure if you were faced with that kind of question this year, where what we had room for or a lack of room for was really pressed on and revealed over this last year. How many of you would say this last year, it, one word you might use is challenging? How many of you would say at some point in this year you were discouraged at one point? How many of you, you would say you learned something about yourself in a good way? How many of you would say you're coming out a little bit stronger, even though you might be a little bruised, you're stronger than you were before, right? And so in a good and a bad and a tough and a, and a weird and a, and a fun and a not-so-fun way, 2020 really revealed is our heart, is our life, the type of space that can be set aside to where God doesn't have to wait for it to be perfect, but can say, I need to be birthing something there. You know what's wild? When I look back on my life, when I think of Noel um, and, and her life, even before we ever met, and all throughout our marriage and kids and difficult times and loss and all of those things, that it's only later that we look back and remember and realize, wow, that was really crappy. And I would use other colorful language, but it's not appropriate for this environment. Um, but there were tears, and there was pain, and there was heartache, and there was, and there was pressure. And yet we look back on it and say, God birthed something in that. And just like any birth, though I don't understand it, I've, I've only been able to be next to it, there's pain involved in birthing something new. Did you know each and every one of you was the source of your mom's pain? <laughs> Some of you are like, wait, oh, okay. So that's what my dad was trying to talk to me about a couple years ago. And then he started sweating, got really awkward, and ran out of the room. And I was wondering what was going on. That's what he was talking about. Okay, yeah. And some of you are still saying, I don't get it, Taylor. You were the source of your mom's pain. And yet, at the same time, and I'm not saying that I can speak to every one of your relationships with your parents. But like I can attest to... Um, that the source of my wife's pain in birthing our children and the nine-month process of leading up to that was also the source of her and my greatest joy. Perhaps 2020 could be the source of some pain, but also in the future the source of your greatest joy. What if you chose to frame this year in such a way that when you look back on it, that you realize it was necessary for your growth and your advancement and your purpose in your life. Why don't you do this for a second? Why don't you pull out your phone or your, your journal and write down something that you're thankful you learned? Not something that felt good, but something that you're thankful that, you're learned, that you've learned. And maybe it's something that you're thankful that you're still learning. Maybe it's not something that you feel thankful for right now because it is still a current source of pain. Even up to today, you're still feeling the pressure of it. Yet, when you really think about it, you're confident that it's actually producing something in you that needs to be produced in you. What is that thing? Because perhaps it could be what God is using to birth something brand new in your life and through your life. I've told many stories. Uh, I've got many of my own, and when I look back at the scope of my life, I'm thankful. I've, I've been blessed, uh, have a great family and all sorts of things, and 
And even in the midst of that, there have been some losses and pains, and every single one of them have made me who I am today. And even before my life, my dad and his mom, I never met her because she attempted and eventually was successful at taking her life. She attempted almost two dozen times to take her life, and eventually she succeeded in doing just that. And yet it was that process and that journey that led my dad to Jesus. That my dad and my mom would not know faith in Jesus in some way had it not been for the traumatic experience that that was that brought them to the end of themselves that eventually led them to say yes to Jesus. And if God can use a death by suicide, if God can use a divorce, if God can use some of the darkest things in human history to bring humanity back to himself, could it be possible that God could use this year as painful, as stressful, as frustrating, as annoying, as inconvenient as it may have been, is it possible that God could use it to bring you and to bring others back to himself? To cause you to discover the purpose you were created to live in. Could it be? And I I think it comes back to how we frame it. See, the shepherds in this story in Luke, Luke chapter 2, it says the shepherds were living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all. Turn to your neighbor say all. You do better than that. Say all the people. Good news, great joy that will be for all the people today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And it's interesting because the shepherds were in a space where they probably did not on that particular night imagine that this kind of thing was about to happen. You ever been in an ordinary circumstance and then suddenly something extraordinary happens? Um, I remember, I think it used to be called Cherry Dupont, was it? Um, and I was, I was, this isn't, no one was hurt, but a lady like ran her car into it. And it was crazy. And it was just some random morning. Like I passed her and then she ran into it. And I looked back and said, that just happened. And she was okay. And I was like, man, I'm glad I got to see this. I might be a terrible person, but that was cool. Like, it is not every day that you see someone drive their car into a frozen yogurt store. That's cool. Just just my opinion. But so the glory of God shows up. This angel shows up. It says the glory of the Lord shone around them. And it says they were freaked out. They were terrified. In the original language, that means to be freaked out so much so that you outwardly show your freaked outness. That you display your terror. That you respond from a gut response like it reveals how you truly feel in that moment. Like you ever said something you didn't mean but in honesty you meant it? Like it came out, you yelled at your dad or you you freaked out at your brother or whatever it might be. Or you said something in a moment and you were reminded then. even You said, well I didn't mean that, I was just acting in the moment. 
And yet we know scripture says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And this reveals the state of mind that they were in. They see the glory of God and their immediate response is not one of, whoa, yo, it's God. This is cool. Their immediate response on the opposite is, we are freaked out what's about to happen. Because if I can place myself in their psyche, they are conditioned in that day to believe that if God's about to show up, he's about to correct something. He's about to reveal something that's wrong and fix it because he's perfect and we're not. And so the disposition is one where we pin ourselves against God and we assume that if he's showing up, there's something wrong. And so they say, oh my gosh, we are freaked out. What is about to happen? We did something wrong. Bro, did you like, did you kill one of the sheep and save the meat for your family or something? Like, and God saw it, you know, and you're lying to us about like, I don't know, they're, they're freaked out because the, the angel and the glory of God is there and they're thinking because the glory of God is here, the presence of God is here, my immediate mind, you ever been in worship? Where you start to worship and the first thing that comes to your mind is all the wrong things you did and why you don't deserve to be worshiping. Now I'm not saying that there's not a place for conviction where the Holy Spirit reveals something to you that you say, oh, oh I need to repent for that. I need to go talk to my friend about that. I need to go say sorry to my parents for that. I need to, to correct something. There's a place for conviction. But if we're not careful, we will disposition ourselves against God and say whenever God shows up, it's because something is wrong. And in this moment, the angel says, whoa, 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 don't be afraid. Don't be freaked out. Don't leave. Don't, no, no, no. Don't walk away. Don't worry. I actually have some good news for you. I actually bring you good news. And guess what? It's good news of great joy. Great joy that will be for all the people. See, God's message to the shepherds, I would venture to say that maybe it's similar to what he might say to you if he were to appear right in front of you. Do not be afraid. I've got some good news coming your way. How many of you would say, I've been afraid a little bit this year? How many of you would say, you're, if you're honest with yourself, you don't have to raise your hand, but as you look at 2021, you want to believe the best, but you're kind of freaked out about what it's going to look like. Politics and jobs and economy and vaccines and all of the stuff, man, it, it is freaky. But I want to I remind us tonight that God, when he shows up in this place and in your life, it is to bring you good news that will bring great joy. And guess what? It is not exclusive. There's no single person in this room tonight, no matter what your background, your choices leading up to today, or even your posture and how you're sitting today and what you believe about what I'm saying, there's not one person exempt from this, that God's good news is not for me and not for you. It is for me and for you and for you and for you. It is for every single person in here that is Christ the Savior. He has come to redeem humanity once and for all. That God's good news is not for some and then not for others. God's good news isn't for this group over here, but excludes this group over here. It is actually a wide proclamation. When you hear the word the gospel, what is the gospel? It literally means the good news. It is the good news. 
And I would say 2020 has been dumb news. It's been stupid news. I don't like it. March 11th. We thought, you know, a couple weeks to slow the curve. We're going to do Instagram Live from my house. I was like, that's cool. That's fun. You know, a couple of weeks, it'll be a break. It'll be kind of nice, novel, and we'll have our kid, and then we'll come back, and life will be wonderful, and, and everyone's just going to be like, yeah, revival, you know, and all this kind of stuff, and it's going to be wonderful. No, it was stupid. That first week was cool. The rest of them sucked. And you guys proved it by not watching. <laughs> <laughs> whatever church online no school isolation depression, anxiety loneliness, fatigue, loss doubt has 2020 been the source of some doubt for any of you? has it caused you to question what's really going on here, why are we here? is this God thing really a thing? like, yo, if God was real then why would this happen? I thought God's aim was that we would flourish, right? If that's the case, then WTH, God? It's heck, okay? Whatever. See, the thing about God is that when he brings good news, it's often wrapped very poorly. <laughs> I used to do a message called God gives good gifts in poorly wrapped packages. And it's quite true. Because God doesn't want us to judge his goodness on surface level. God does not want you to judge his goodness and his presence, his love for you on surface things as if to say that it is limited to that. Did you know that some of the most flourishing, deep, Real Christians in the world are those that are following Jesus underground because they can't show their faces in a public church gathering or their heads might literally be chopped off. And yet, they know the presence of God at a, quite a deep level. My hope is that I'm never in an environment like that, but nonetheless, should I be, those will be the moments I'm most thankful for because it brings me closest to the presence of God. And see, Jesus would go on to prove this, wouldn't he? That as a 33-year-old man, he would have lived a perfect life and endured opposition from really everyone he came in contact with. And yet then he would die a sinner's death. He would die on a cross. And he would endure pain and suffering on our behalf. And yet that was actually what brings us near to God. My premise to us tonight is that maybe 2020 has been a gift. That maybe it's been something that like Jesus in a manger, it's been pandemic is the outer wrapping, but purpose is the gift inside. Like economic suffering is actually trust in a box. That uncertainty and division is actually reliance on the presence of God in a gift bag. Like, what if God was using 2020 to see if you'd open the gift? I don't know if you, none of you have kids here. Does anyone else here have kids? Are they old? 
None of our leaders do. Me know I'll do. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because the bigger the gift, the more well-wrapped it is, the more inclined Hayden is to want to open it. But it's quite funny because some of the best gifts can come wrapped in a piece of newspaper or in a bag that was found in someone's closet last minute. But see, oftentimes what we do is we look at the surface. Economy's good, God is good. Jobs are there, God is good. Youth is happening and it's great and no masks, God is good. And, and I'm, I'm here to say that sometimes those can be one in the same. I don't think God designed us to live with masks. I really don't. And we live in this nuance right now in between. There is no perfect answer. But what I will say is God did not create smiles and eyes and features in our faces that communicate love and empathy and life and relationship to be covered up. Nonetheless, we live in a, I'm not trying to give you commentary on masks, but what I'm saying is, yeah, God didn't design for this. But I think sometimes what God does is he gives us these little surprising moments. Angel comes. Glory of God shines around. Whoa! Jesus comes in one of the worst times in human history. Whoa! And not only that, he's a baby in a hole. W-T-H. Like, for real? And yet, perhaps, it is these kinds of moments... These kinds of years and these kinds of divisions that we are experiencing and cultural upside-downness and all of these things, perhaps it is a gift from God, but will you open it? Will you open the gift and respond to what God is trying to say to you and to us? So you know it's good news if it's wrapped poorly but also if it sparks joy. But see, to get the joy, you got to open it. you got to open it. And my question for us tonight as we end our last service of the year is, what has God given you that has maybe been poorly wrapped, yet if you opened it, you might see the greatest joy in your life? Maybe a better way to ask it is, what's been your source of pain? I'm not saying that God caused your parents to start fighting and split. But could there be a gift in that? I'm not saying that God caused your dad to be laid off. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that God caused any of the division that you're experiencing or turmoil with your friends or you name it. What's been your source of pain? Because perhaps in that, if you open it, there is a gift that God has just for you. What's been your source of pain? Maybe you caused it. And that's the, that's the paradox of how God works, is that God will give you gifts within your own mistakes. How good is God that when you screw up so royally and you think you are so low, God says, guess what? I got a gift inside of your pain right there. Man, I, I can think back to moments and seasons in my life where I brought myself to the low. 
Nobody caused it. It was nobody else's fault. It was 100% my own sinful heart, my own selfishness, my own lust, my own struggles, my own insecurities brought me to this low point. And yet in the midst of that, God gave me a gift. Could it be that God's gift for you is wrapped in your insecurity and in your pain and in your struggle and in your lies and in your deceit and in all of your struggles and your stuff that in the midst of that, God has a gift for you, but will you open it? Will you open it? What's been your source of pain? What's been your source of pain? How could that lead to maybe your greatest source of joy. Brought up the story earlier. And, uh, you know, my, my, my grandma's uh, suicide was, was a source of pain. And even before that, her years of, of really dark mental illness, source of pain for my dad and his family. And my dad's, my dad's dad had been through a lot already. And, and, man, it was a source of pain, a source of darkness, a source of really heavy stuff. And yet, there's a gift in that. What's been your source of pain? I'm not here to say God caused it. I won't, I won't say that. But I will say that God has a way of embedding gifts into it. And I believe if we frame it right, 2020 will be the year, not for everybody. I will guarantee you that people will look back on this year and say, that was the year that messed everything up for me. But friends, the people of God are different because while everyone else walks away from the gift, the people of God open it up knowing there's something else in here. There's something in here. Something in here. As we close, would you open the gift? Would you open the gift this year? Would you respond to what God is saying and giving to you? And perhaps we'll look back on this year and say, that was the year that God used to skyrocket me into my purpose. I don't know what it is for you. I don't even fully understand and am able to grapple with what it is for me. But what I know is that it is not through ease that I'm formed into the image of God. It is through pressing, it is through pressure, it is through God taking away from me so that he can give something better back to me. It is through worry. We experienced some worry a couple weeks ago when Noel, uh, they had found um, something and they did a biopsy and we, we, we lived in a, this, this place for, of limbo for a couple weeks waiting to see, could it possibly be that my wife has cancer? We didn't know. And I'm telling you, Wherever we were, had we gotten a different outcome, I'd be standing here today saying the same thing to you because I know God has a way of using every good, bad, and upside-down thing to bring him glory and to bring us purpose. But in the midst of all of that, God was good, but we've got to open the gift. Would you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. Was your gift your, mis your mistake? Was, is the wrapping your mistake, your struggle, maybe the uncertainty that's around you? What, whatever it might be. Maybe you wrote it down earlier. But I'm inviting you to open the gift that God has for you this year.
I feel like maybe there's some people in here who even now, as you hear my words and as you think about this, you just cannot, uh, you cannot imagine a future that is good. And I'm here to say, I'm just here to remind you, I'm here to let you know that when God is with you and you can go through the worst of times and he will bring you out the other side. So what's the gift for you? Maybe you'd say, I've been running from it, been avoiding it, I haven't been leaning in. But this year, as I seal it and as I look ahead to 2021, I'm not here to say a typical, you know, 21 is going to be different. But maybe that is what you need to do is say, I'm going to open it. I've been running from gifts, 18, 19, 2020. But 2021, I'm going to open that poorly wrapped gift. And inside, I'm going to find my purpose. I'm going to find God's goodness. I'm going to find God's nearness. If you're ready to open the gift, would you just put your hand on your heart? I'm going to pray for you, and we'll end right here. God, I pray for every young person, every leader, every person who might be watching online next Monday, whenever it might be. God, that they would know that you give good gifts in poorly wrapped packages. And I pray, God, that instead of running, instead of wishing it looked different, that we would lean in, that we would embrace the pain and the chaos of this moment and say, God, I will choose to open the gift that you are giving me. And I thank you, God, for the future that is ahead of me as I respond in obedience to you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. amen. Come on, isn't God good? Are you thankful for this year? Would you stand up? I want to give you a benediction as you go. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I, I really believe this, friends, no matter how old you are. And uh, I, I know this year has been whack. I don't have a rewind. If I did, I'd probably go back and uh, go punch whatever in the face created this thing. or however, If it's a bat or a, a person who likes bats or whatever, I'd go punch it. I would. I'd be done. I would eliminate it. But I can't. But what I can do and what you can do is you can frame your future. What you see is what you're going to move toward. When people ask you, how's 2021 going to be? I encourage and challenge you to say in faith that it's going to be my best year. And vocalize and speak outward what you want to see. If you've ever ridden a bike down a hill, you know you can go straight if you look ahead. If you look down, you, go, you topple over. If you look to the side, what do you do? You start to veer. But when you look ahead and you speak life, you tend to go over the bumps a lot easier. So I want to encourage you. How was 2020? How was 2020? It's the best year ever. I learned more than I've ever learned before. I'm stronger. I'm better. I'm going to be a new person as I enter 2021. And had I not been through this, I couldn't go through what God has ahead of me. That's how you speak. You speak faith. You speak vision over your life. And friends, if you got depressed friends, if you got friends who are struggling, don't go down in the pits with them. Pull them up and say, let's speak life over our future because God is on the throne. And when he's on the throne, guess what? His purpose remains on this earth. God is not done 
His church is not dead. God's got, I, I want to even say this. The church in America, youth ministry in our community, all of it, guess what? It's just getting started. God is using this upside down stuff to turn us upside down for the kingdom of God that we might see God do something that he's never done in our midst before. Do you believe it? Would you just, would you lift your hands? Would you lift your hands if you believe that? God, I send these people out as they end this year in faith. And as we enter the next year in faith. That we've seen your glory and we will see your glory. We've seen your grace and we will see your grace. We've seen your peace and your presence and we will see your peace and your presence as we go forward. Because you are good. You were good yesterday. You are good today. And you are good forever. We praise you and we thank you for it. And we thank you for what is ahead. In Jesus' name, everyone who believed that said? Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give God one more big hand? I love you guys so much. It's your heart, a manger.